Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I to this guy for wisdom. And we're back, Drew Thomas Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. Captain, did you hear about this far-left judge? Her name is Lena Hidalgo. She's she's out of Houston, Texas, and she announced she's going to be taking... <laughs> I'll explain why I'm laughing in a minute. She's not dead, okay? She's taking a leave of absence for treatment, to seek treatment for clinical depression. <laughs> and look, th this, this woman... Arguably, she shouldn't be a judge anyway in the sense that they stole this election. There's evidence of that. But also her entire staff, everyone around her is basically being uh, arrested right now. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the details in a, minute, in a minute. This isn't a huge story I want to talk about for too long, but a far left Democrat checks herself into treatment for clinical depression. And what I thought about is show me a Democrat who doesn't have clinical depression. I mean, is it not true, Captain, that depression is actually baked into the Democrat Party's ideology? I mean, please show me one Democrat who's not depressed. In fact, I would go so far. I would say if, if, if you have a happy Democrat out there, the Democrat Party's prescription for them is depression, right? It's like, you're happy? No, no, no. You need to be depressed. Why don't you hate America? You must hate America. You must be outraged. You must hate Donald Trump. You must cheer for his arrest. You've got to be rioting in the streets over social justice issues. You've got to be unsure about your identity. If you're white, you've got to be an oppressor. If you're black, you're a victim and you've been done wrong because of your skin color. I mean, their whole image of the United States and the way they discuss our future is so bleak. Barack Obama, who famously said that we have racism in our DNA. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, there's no salvation if you're a Democrat. You can do everything the Democrats want you to do, and you're never going to be happy. You're never going to get anywhere. All those white people in this country, and some obviously were just Democrats, so they're going to go vote Democrat, but all those schmucks that got bamboozled by Barack Obama, first half-white president, right? That's what I always say, he's half-white. He is. But, you know, the first half-black president, half-white president, Barack Obama, we got, I got to be a part of history. We're going to get past this. All of this racism in this country, all of this dialogue and discourse by the Democratic Party that we are stained by our history of slavery and so on and so forth, you know, the things the Democratic Party was responsible for. Well, I'm going to vote for Barack Obama so that we move on. I'm going to prove to the world that I am no longer a racist because I voted. I voted to make the first black president. Also, it was a twofer. They didn't realize they also elected the first gay president. You have to listen to the last episode that I just did to talk about that. Well, I'll just tell you so you don't have to go back. Barack Obama, you know, there's a biographer. I'll make this short, but we got new listeners every every time, every every episode. Barack Obama's biographer, it's not just somebody who's out there, you know, in the libraries writing some book about Barack Obama. This is somebody who was meeting with Barack Obama, right? That kind of biographer. 
Just like the Chadwick Moore, who's a client of mine, uh, who wrote the Tucker Carlson book, right? You know, he had access to the individual to write this biography. And the biographer found out because he tracked down ex-girlfriends and so on and so forth of Barack Obama. You know, those things that somehow the press never did while he was running for president. He just got away. Nobody analyzed his history. Nobody asked him why his social security card was from like, you know, Minnesota. It wasn't Minnesota, but it was, I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's bizarre. It's so many, so many questions. And the way the Democrat Party reacts, before I get into that, the way the Democrat Party reacts to things that are true, like a stolen election, the way they try and shut you down and threaten you, it proves it's true. It makes me think more and more, Captain, that Barack Obama wasn't born here. And I, 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 I say that, too, because I've got this client who actually sued Barack Obama in the past over his uh, place of birth over the social security card. And so it's this big fiasco. I'll get into it another time, but it doesn't make sense. There's no explanation for why his, because the social security cards, well, they're trackable. But anyway, back to, back to this. Where was I, Captain? What was I talking about? I was talking about Lena Hidalgo, and then I started talking about Barack Obama. I was talking about the depression of the Democrat Party. That's a dad brain moment for you. We'll come back, I guess, if I get there. But I'll tell you about Lena Hidalgo real quick for a second. So she and her staffers were implicated in a no-bid contract scandal. So her top three staffers were indicted in April 2022 after prosecutors expanded the investigation into an $11 million vaccine outreach contract awarded to one of the judge's political cronies, right? So you're not supposed to do this. This happened in New York with friends of, uh, of the, the governor there. And, you know, you're supposed to accept bids and make it competitive. So obviously you're spending taxpayer dollars. You're going to get a fair value or a decent value for the taxpayer that's funding it. And they didn't do this, a no bid contract. So obviously it's a political favor. I mean, this stuff happens all the time, by the way, all the time. So, you know, maybe she's trying to tell a story now to get her out of trouble. I'm depressed, whatever else. But I, I just, I think it's true. I think it's true. I mean, this, this Democrat party, you cannot be a Democrat and be a happy person. It is forbidden. It's forbidden. They don't allow it. They don't allow it. And Joe Biden, of course, nobody's talking about the fact that he's a foreign agent. And, and let me be very clear. Barack Obama is a foreign agent. It's right in front of our faces. All the data's there. All the information, all the testimony we need, all the receipts, all the bank accounts. It's all there. But of course, the Democrats rely upon the stupidity of many Americans in this country, so they just won't prosecute it. So if they don't prosecute it, there's no crime, right? If they don't officially say, oh, he did it, I mean, essentially what we're doing here is, you know, it's like we, we witnessed a murder and, or, or there are witnesses to a murder and they go to the police and they give them all the details of what the killer looked like, the weapon used, the time of day, where it happened, how it happened. They can identify the victim. They can identify the relationship. They can tell the whole story. It's clear. And then the police don't do anything about it. The judicial system does nothing about it. So is he really a killer? 
if he doesn't go to prison for the murder that you watched him commit? That's what we're looking at here. But Joe Biden, who won't answer any questions about any of this, he's avoiding the press, as usual. Well, he's pulling out an old trick that Obama used during his presidency uh, to try and bolster his election chances, give it if, you know, they fail in, I guess, either putting Trump in prison uh, or keeping him from, from running for re-election. So he's, he's going to go around the country and you're going to start to see his names on various projects, infrastructure projects. I guarantee you this is where, what he's going to be doing. Remember when he used to drive down the highway? Actually, still in California, I still can drive down certain high, sections of the highway. And there's a sign telling me that this work, that no work was ever done, by the way. This is the, 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 the funny thing about it all. But, you know, this is a, is a, is a result of, you know, Obama's whatever. I, I can't even remember what it is right now, Captain, but you, you've seen these same signs. So Joe Biden, and this is true of the Democrat Party as well, but Joe Biden especially, all he's done, in addition to wrecking the entire country, is to offer us things that we never needed or to offer us solutions that don't solve any problem. Even when he's not creating crises, when he's trying to create these superficial like goodies for the American people to try and make himself look good, there are always things we don't need. Like, for example... Remember during his, one of his State of the Union speeches, and he said this more recently too, you know, he's going to pass a law or he has passed a law or they're working on passing some kind of law that's going to prevent fast food chains from requiring their employees to, to sign, to sign uh, uh, non-compete clauses. So you understand, right? No... I just, I can't with this guy. <laughs> Nobody flipping a burger at McDonald's or taking the money or in the window or doing any job that is hourly is forced to sign a non-compete clause to prevent them from leaving McDonald's and going to work at Burger King. <laughs> That's never happened. <laughs> it doesn't exist. And so what is what is what does Biden come up with? I'm gonna. So this is this is what this is along that same train of of absolute stupidity. So so Joe Biden is giving us another national park. Now look, I love national parks. Honest to God, I love national parks. I was a tour guide in Yellowstone National Park. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big deal. All right. I've done a lot of cool things. So no, but really I was, I was a tour, I was a tour guide in Yellowstone National Park. And that's my favorite park. I would not build, you know, in Yellowstone. I'm talking slowly because I frozen on the computer screen. There we go. I'm, I'm back. Okay. So I love Yellowstone. Obviously, it has a, I believe it's the first national park. But, you know, Yellowstone National Park is special. It's, it's to our country, I don't know, there's, there's, there's really no comparison. It's like, like in Italy, what the Roman ruins are when you go to Rome, like for the whole country. You know, Rome was this great civilization that was there. I mean, they look back to that. It's given birth, whatever. But Yellowstone, for us, because we're a newer country, right, we were discovered later. And we didn't start really building 
when the Europeans were doing what they were doing and the Romans and so on and so forth. So Yellowstone, I mean, that is like the DNA of America. It's wild. It's what, it's what makes us so unique. I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I'll never forget. And you never know what you're going to get when you go to Yellowstone. Sometimes you're lucky and you see a bear eating a moose. And other times you see nothing. But it's, it's a spectacular place. <clears throat> and it really captures... You can understand Teddy Roosevelt. You can understand the Founding Fathers. You can understand all these people, not the Founding Fathers because they weren't out West, but you can understand that those Americans who believed in Manifest Destiny, who were exploring, you know, um, this country. It was wild. It had to be tamed. So anyway, so I say all, I say all that just to tell you that I love national parks. So I, I'm not some like, I hate the environment because, you know, I mean, that's not where I'm coming from. But Biden is establishing a new national park near Grand Can near the Grand Canyon as if we needed that. The Grand Canyon, that's already a massive national park. So in a minute, I'll answer why. There's a, there's a reason he's doing this. And it's not because he loves the environment. We don't need this. One of the biggest misunderstandings well, there are a lot of them, but this is a big misunderstanding or misconception out there is, I mean, if you, if you talk to the average person, Captain, right, and you, and you ask them if you think there's some kind of threat of overpopulation, for example, in the United States, or if you think that there are too many people here and that we're running out of land, I think a lot of people have that feeling because they see the cities or they live in cities. And they don't have any kind of comprehension about the real size of the United States of America. So I'll just ask you this, and then I'll answer the question. Uh, so firstly, the U.S., I'll do this by acres. The U.S. is uh, composed of approximately 2 billion acres, with a B, 2 billion acres. Now, what percentage of that land, those 2 billion acres that make up the United States of America, how much of that land do you think that we, the scourge on the earth, humankind, how much of those 2 billion acres do you think that we've developed? Is it 40%? Is it 30%? 20%? Try 5 or 6%. Five or six percent. So when you hear the radical lunatics and the environmental movement talking about this and that, and the, we only have developed five or six percent of the two billion acres that exist in the United States. And we've been here for, you know, nearly 250 years. And we just have developed five or six percent. Now, so, so what that comes out to is 115 million acres. So we've developed about 115 million acres out of 2 billion acres. How much of that land, the remaining land, you know, the other 95 or 94%, how much of that do you think the federal government owns? Try 600 million acres or 28%. 
So we've developed five or six percent of the United States, but the federal government owns, owns 28 percent. Sounds about right. If you think about the state of the country. And so, so my point is, we don't have a problem of overpopulation in the United States. Obviously, if you even listen to Democrats, they're talking about how we need to import people because we're not having enough babies. <clears throat> we actually have the opposite problem in this country, where, which is a lack of population growth. And so Joe Biden comes along and he announces the establishment of another national park, which is adjacent to one that already exists. Because his goal is to bring federal ownership of land to 30%. And we're supposed to celebrate. Do you understand this is a phony issue? What is there to celebrate? Now. Now, now. Why this land, right? Of all of the remaining 66% or so available land in this country that isn't developed or owned by the federal government already, why this land? Why this acreage? Why set up a national park where we already have a national park? Why is this the choice of where to do this? Right? There has to be a reason. It can't be just random, right? I don't believe in that. Well, it's pretty easy to connect the dots here. It just so happens that the land that Joe Biden just confiscated from the American citizen, well, it happens that there's uranium there. You can mine for uranium. There are immense deposits of uranium in that acreage that he just took away and prohibited us from mining. Now, what do we use uranium for? Meet many people, right, fully associated with nuclear weapons. The Iranians, they need enriched uranium. It's hard. It's expensive. You have to have scientists. It's not an easy process. It's dangerous. But what else do you need uranium for? Not just nuclear warheads. Nuclear energy. Power. Clean. The cleanest form of energy and the most efficient form of energy on the planet is nuclear. That's the truth. And this is also another reason the environmental wackos are frauds. They oppose this. They say it's dirty. Meanwhile, they have no problem with us diminishing, you know, depleting uh, you know, cobalt supplies using four-year-old Africans. No problem with that at all. They have no problem with the lead that's in solar plant panels and other things, batteries. No problem with the fact that there's nowhere to put it. Anyway. So there you go. So we had the previous administration, previous Democrat administration, not Trump. We had the previous Obama administration in partnership with Hillary Clinton, the secretary of state, sell a fifth of our uranium to the Russians. And now we have the second Obama presidency, third Obama presidency, I mean, Joe Biden. Well, now he's swooping in and saying you can't mine for uranium here. Does this make sense to anyone why you would engage in this type of behavior? Meanwhile, if you look up reports, the Chinese have an edge on pretty much everyone in terms of what their access is now to minerals and these vital sources. And we're just falling behind. We still haven't filled up the 
strategic petroleum reserves, by the way. We were promised that was going to happen. Now they say it's too... They are just giving you the rope-a-dope, folks. <clears throat> They're going to give you the rope-a-dope until the country's gone and you're dead. So, there's Biden. That's what he's up to. And did you hear him? He said... Um, he called, he called the Grand Canyon the ninth wonder of the world. So, Captain, how many wonders are there? I believe it's seven. There are seven wonders. They might have actually added one, eight. But anyway, you know like they do Pluto sometimes with the planet? I actually have to look. Look that up, Captain. Look up how many wonders of the world there are. See if they've adjusted this list, but... As you know and I know, growing up, it was always the seven wonders of the world. And Joe Biden, I mean, he cannot say anything without sticking his foot in his mouth. The ninth wonder of the world. And it's just, the dementia is so bad, it is seven. Okay, they haven't changed it like Pluto. That's good. That's permanent. I just wanted to ask because I was actually giving our diaper-wearing president the benefit of the doubt, right? See, I was being kind in jail. I was saying, you know what? Maybe, maybe this president knows something I don't because Joe Biden, I know, is a very, very smart man, much smarter than me, much smarter than you, much smarter than any of us. That's why he's president. That's why, that's why he is depleting our strategic petroleum reserves. That's why he's got an open border where they're bringing fentanyl in and our kids are putting in their bodies and dying 100,000 a year. That's why he has helped the cartels out, helped them to develop a child smuggling operation worth billions and billions of dollars. That's why he wants schools to encourage your son, Johnny, to cut off his PP when he's 12 or Dorothy to cut off her breasts when she's 13 because he's a smart guy. We just... We just can't understand these people because they're so much better than us. Obviously, that's nonsense. This guy can go F himself all the way. <clears throat> all right. I, 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 I want to spend time today on the Electoral Count Act. I want to explain the history. I want to explain what's going on because, look, we're on the stupid defense all the time with these people on the left. And I just want to be clear again. Donald Trump did not commit a single crime. This is a political witch hunt. They have rigged the judicial system just like they rigged the 2020 election. But you need to know this if you don't already. But anyway, firstly, let's talk about Pence. One of Mike Pence's big, um, I wish I had it here, Captain. He worked in the Trump administration, but he was an advisor, a high-ranking advisor or something like that. For, for Mike Pence. And he's come out and he's endorsed President Trump for re-election. And actually, he came out and blasted Pence. Blasted Pence for the same reason I've been blasting Pence, which is the fact that he's a turncoat. A selfish loser. Oh my gosh, Captain, and all of you out there, I don't know if you saw this. Pence has... <laughs> This is, you know, I haven't laughed in a while. So this is the episode where you get to hear Happy Drew. My Mike Pence just put out an ad, and this is a goober. I, I just, I, I, the people that run, that get jobs working for these people, the politicians themselves. I mean, I, I know they've quote unquote won elections in the past, but 
you couldn't be more out of touch with reality. So Mike Pence delivers some speech. I couldn't even hear anything coming out of his mouth because I was laughing at what he was doing. So he delivers some little pitch on TV, right? It's an ad about, you know, how great he is and what his plan is, which is probably Trump's plan. And he does it while he's fueling a red pickup truck. And the thing about this ad is he starts from the beginning. So Mike Pence, without ever paying, he picks up the pump and he proceeds to just take it, right? He doesn't, you know, you know, okay, let's just go through this real quick. Just to, just because what a fool. So, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just advanced here because, you know, I used to be an actor and a screenwriter and a film producer. And so I think out how these scenes should play out and actually what you would do to sell it truthfully. So if you're going to fill up your car with gas, right? Obviously you'd pay and then you'd pick up the pump and then you would hit what? You'd have to choose the type of gas you wanted, right? Do you want 87 or 89 or 91 or whatever it is in your state? And then you would put the nozzle in your car and you would put your hand down and pull up the lever, right? To pump the gas, right? Pretty simple. So what does Mike Pence do in this ad? He picks up the pump, sticks it straight into into the truck and then he just holds it he doesn't he doesn't press on the lever he just and you can hear it beeping beeping you know all around so uh, this goober unbelievable so speaking of mike pence mike pence is piling on and he's trying to give legitimacy to one of the greatest crises in american history domestically which is the fact that we have a political party and political opponent not only interfering in the election directly, not only getting rid of free and fair elections altogether by trying to pick our who can run and who can't run for the opposition party, but they're trying to put Trump in prison. Now, I want to give you context real quick. Prior to Donald Trump, who's now been indicted multiple times, arrested three times, they're trying to get him on RICO charges in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, this is not, you use that for the mafia. So these people have lost their minds. But prior to Trump, no president in U.S. history had ever been indicted. Never been indicted. So Bill Clinton, who committed a federal crime and lied to a grand jury, right? He committed perjury. He denied having sexual relations. He denied having an affair with Monica Lewinsky. He lied to a grand jury. And the special prosecutor at the time, they used to call them special prosecutors. Now they're special counsels. They got rid of the special prosecutor after the Clinton years. Special prosecutor had more power. Special counsels a little bit more feeble and more or less in, under the control of the attorney general. Um, so, so anyway, so Bill Clinton committed perjury, committed an actual federal crime, crime, and the special prosecutor in the end dropped the charges. He dropped the indictment uh, because Bill Clinton agreed to say, I'm sorry, and paid $25,000 in fines. 
Now, to give you an idea of how crazy this is also, General Robert E. Lee, who led the Confederacy, obviously he committed treason, right? A grand jury actually indicted General Lee for that crime. But then the indictment was dropped because the belief was it would harm the country. They wanted to maintain unity. But my point is, even in our history, somebody like General Lee, who led the Confederate Army, he was not ultimately indicted. But they want to throw Trump in prison. Do you understand what I'm saying, how absurd this is, if you look at this historically? So anyway, I'll get into the electoral process in a minute, but Pence is out there trying to act like, I mean, he's a liar. Pence is out there trying to say Trump made him choose between the country and the Constitution or Trump. I mean, it's just, uh, this guy's like a six-year-old. But actually, here is Mike Pence slipping up on video, talking to a reporter about how the process would have worked, about what he was actually asked to do admitting that there was no crime. So go ahead and play it. I'll cut it early, Captain, so keep a lookout. But go ahead and play a cut one, Captain. This is Mike Pence the other day. It wasn't just that they asked for a pause. Uh, the president uh, specifically asked me, and his gaggle of, uh, of crackpot lawyers asked me to literally reject votes, to, which would have resulted in, uh, in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives, and literally chaos would have ensued. So... Oh, Martha, I just, uh, people, people can. So, yeah, he asked me to do this and that, which I could have done, but chaos would have ensued and I didn't want to do it. And that's what he just says on TV right now. So, you know, the Democrats are talking about how they're going to use all of Trump's interviews and everything he says to get him. Well, use this, use this if you're Trump's people. And by the way, I'm just trying to decide, Captain, how deep I want to get into it because it's like a it's like a collegiate uh, course lesson. Okay, in short, in short, the irony of this entire indictment of Trump over denying the election results and trying to overturn the election results. <clears throat> They've come up with this. Well, firstly, Democrats have done, on multiple occasions, the exact same thing they're indicting Trump for. Um, 1876, let's do it this way. I just got to keep laser focused and remember that there are new people listening. I've done this a couple times. 1876, you had an election, a presidential election in this country. The Democrat candidate was Samuel Tilden. The Republican Republican candidate was Rutherford B. Hayes. Samuel Tilden, the Democrat, won the election. But they'd won it by stealing it. By fraud. And it was so widespread and so known and so believed to be true by the Republicans that Republicans refused to concede. And because they refused to concede, 
And because the Democrats ultimately knew they had cheated, they worked out an agreement behind closed doors in which Rutherford B. Hayes was named the president instead. The Republicans overturned that election that was stolen by the Democrats because they had cojones. But they didn't have a process to deal with such a situation. That's why they just had to hash it out behind closed doors and figure it out. And so 11 years later, in 1887, it was President Grant's. They decided to address what had happened 11 years before. So they came up with this Electoral Count Act of 1887. There was to give them some kind of guidelines and some means of dealing with stolen elections in the future. So the very Electoral Count Act that Donald Trump and his team around him were using to try and contest and overturn the election results, that was a lawful process. And the irony is, is that it existed because Democrats had tried to steal an election in the past. The irony. So they've come up with all this stuff about fake electors and so on and so forth. They're not fake electors. They're called alternate electors. It's constitutional. Every state, remember, we don't directly elect our representatives. Technically, we vote, and then it's actually, you know, I mean, I'm just going to make this up, but, you know, you have how many, however many electoral votes you have in a, in a state, right? Let's say it's, I'm just, you know, let's say you have 30 electoral votes. Well, those are individuals who are the electors. They're nominated, chosen by the party, usually at the state convention for the individual party. And they sign certificates, and those certificates are delivered to Congress, and they're counted, and so on and so forth. But each party nominates electors. And they're sitting on the sidelines, essentially. And once the determination is made who won the state, those electors, so if a Republican wins the state, Republican electors sign the certificates. And if, uh, you know, and vice versa. Now, when there are issues of fraud and so on and so forth, the Republicans or Democrats, they can actually, they're, they're, electors can sign their own certificates and they're called alternate, right? So they're not fake electors, they're alternate electors. And ultimately, if, if you were to debate fraud in the, in the Senate and Congress in the House and a determination was made that there was fraud, those electors, alternate electors could be chosen right there on the spot or they could send it back to the states. But the point is, this Electoral Count Act hasn't really gotten far enough to ever be utilized. And we're so far away from 1887 that we don't really understand some of the murky bits of it because it's not super clear. And there's not a lot of precedent for it. But Democrats in 1960, I talked about this recently in Hawaii, uh, Richard Nixon won the state of Hawaii by 140 votes. And Democrat electors signed their own, the, well, let's call them what the Democrats, these fake electors, the fake Democrat electors signed their own certificates asserting that Kennedy had won, even though Nixon had been declared the winner of Hawaii. Now, ultimately, they did a, re, they, they did a recount, and the Democrats found the votes, and it overturned the state. But my point is, those people would be in prison if that were true. 
Uh, Al Gore, when he lost against George W. Bush, even after he resigned, they were trying to figure out how to overturn Florida for him. And they had a discussion about sending alternate electors. They had the very discussion about this. But the only reason they didn't do it is because in the process, based on the Electoral Count Act, by the way, the electors, you have as many as electors. The electors are based on the two senators in each state plus the number of house districts. That's how you get the number. So if you have, you know, 10 house districts, AKA, you know, 10 congressmen plus two senators, you'd have 12 electoral votes. That's how you get your totals. And it changes based on the census. So you can lose some, but it always gets reapportioned throughout the country. So anyway, you know, if you, if you, if you contest a state's electors and the validity of those votes and want to bring up fraud and have a debate, you have to have one person in the House and one person in the Senate both sign objections. If you don't have a senator to go along with the objection and join in, you have to have one and one. So if you don't do that, you can't bring it to debate and it doesn't matter. Republicans actually had enough people that were going to stand up and over, overhear these things, talk about these things, debate on January 6th. But of course, the false flag run by the Democrats interrupted that and coerced them into abandoning the debate and just certifying the election for Joe Biden. But anyways, uh, Democrats have tried this numerous times. But you know what what Donald Trump didn't do? Donald Trump didn't uh, come up with the Trump with some collusion coup uh, to try and overthrow a duly elected uh, president. That's what the Democrats did. And that's Joe Biden interfering in 2020 when he actually colluded with the intelligence community to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. And I would remind you this. We have learned that the FBI sat on these, uh, the, the, the different testimony brought to them by people attesting to Joe Biden criminal activity, right? The FBI has known about Joe Biden bribery since at least 2018. And they sat on it and they obstructed the investigation that was even going on into Hunter Biden. Now, they actually stopped, we learned, they stopped the investigation even into Hunter Biden during the 2020 election because they didn't want to interfere in the election. But now what do you have the same Democrats doing? You have them indicting Trump on fake charges time and time again to do what? To interfere in the 2024 election. And this is what's destroying the nation because we can't ignore what they're doing. We can't ignore what they're doing. We see what they did when it came to Joe Biden who actually committed crimes. They suppressed it. They didn't investigate it because they didn't want to interfere. No, they didn't want to hurt Joe Biden because they're statists. But now with Donald Trump, it's open season. What happened to not interfering in the election? And of course, what they want to do here, well, let me tell you this. Even if Trump's not thrown in jail, and even if he's permitted to run, what's the other problem in terms of the election interference here? How are you supposed to run a presidential campaign if you're having to spend all your time and money on lawyers and with lawyers developing strategies to keep you from being put in prison for crimes you didn't commit. This is swallowing up all his time. 
And I want you to hear Donald Trump here cut two, Captain. This is Trump. He's And he's not able to campaign. He's not able to go to New Hampshire. He's not able to do these things. And I want you to hear it from his mouth. Now, if you have kids in the car or something like that, he uses the word BS. So if, you know, that's controversial, if you don't want somebody young to hear it, I'm just letting you know. You'll hear it later in the clip. You'll hear him say the, the BS. And then you'll hear the crowd chanting BS as well. Just heads up, okay? Play cut two, Captain. Go. How can my corrupt political opponent, crooked Joe Biden, put me on trial during an election campaign that I'm winning by a lot, but forcing me nevertheless to spend time and money away from the campaign trail in order to fight bogus, made-up accusations and charges? That's what they're doing. I'm sorry, I won't be able to go to Iowa today. I won't be able to go to New Hampshire today because I'm sitting in a courtroom on bullshit because his attorney general charged me with something. Terrible. I love the guy. I love the guy. We've never seen a guy like this. I'll say it a thousand times. And I, and I have no, I'm not bashful about it. There's no time for that. This is a man who has done immense things for this country despite overwhelming odds and despite really awful, horrible people out there. And I am so tired, you know, the, the, all the, the Democrats have their talking points. It's all projection that, oh, people who support Trump are a cult, for example. These, you know, they're in a cult, uh, you know, he's, he's running for election so he can stay out of, I mean, all this BS. I mean, you know, the cult would be like being lied to for over two years about COVID and the vaccines and learning that you were lied to, learning that you were lied to about Trump, Russia, collusion by Democrats, learning that you were lied to about everything and then still supporting them. That's a cult. That's a cult when you can't see reality and you just, a cult is when one day your leader says abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. And the next day your leader says we should kill them after they're born. And you say, whatever you say, leader, that's a cult. That's the Democrat party. And they want to beat us down. They don't want us to defend this guy. I mean, he's all we got. He's, he's all we have. We are all he has. That's what I'm trying to say. Channeling my inner Biden. What's amazing though right now, Captain, is we're really learning more and more, and our media is doing a decent job, at least the kind of independent ones, of reminding people about the fraud that took place in 2020. And I'm going to just lay this out for you very clearly. The Democrats stole 2020. The most massive fraud in our entire history. The type of fraud that would make North Korea impressed. That's the kind of fraud that took place in the United States of America in 2020. And the Democrats strategized to obviously dismiss any accusations of fraud, wrongdoing, even though they had just done it themselves. I mean, it's amazing they got away with this. This is like the greatest trick that's ever been pulled in American history. So they immediately declare 
Joe Biden, the rightful winner. Obviously, they use the media and the power of the media, the megaphone to enhance that. Because for some reason, the media works on people because people are just. It's just how we're made, I guess. Not me, but, you know, a lot of people out there just like Nazi propaganda and everything else. So they didn't want any investigation into this. So the courts, of course, I mean, here's the thing about the Democrat Party. They are a terrorist organization. They send their BLM soldiers out to burn our streets. They send Antifa out to send a message. These are their, you know, shock troopers, if you will. And they intimidate and they scare you. Because how does the Democrat Party respond? Let's say, for example, you ask... So let's say you're the president of the United States and you ask the Ukrainian president, your counterpart in Ukraine, to look into what happened to a shady firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor that was investigating a corrupt company called Burisma that employed the former VP's son. I'm talking about Burisma. Right? So now we know. We know that Joe Biden bribed Burisma and other entities and countries around the world to enrich his family to the tune of tens of millions of dollars in exchange for different favors, policy decisions, and so on and so forth. And when Donald Trump asked the Ukrainian, prime, Ukrainian president, Zelensky, to look into it and, and, and find out what happened, what happened and what did the Democrats do? They impeached him. They tried to end his presidency for asking a legitimate question that would lead to the revelations that we know now. That's how they react. And that's why people are scared because the Democrats don't have morals. They own the judicial systems in many cases, the judgeships and so on and so forth. And they will destroy and wreck your life if you come close to defeating them, if you come close to exposing them. And so the courts didn't want a bomb to go off in America by actually entertaining, you know, many of the thousands of affidavits, sworn testimony that fraud took place. So here's a story. There was no fraud, Captain. No fraud happened in America. And yet you had tens of thousands of fake registrations in Michigan. The Gateway Pundit has unveiled an exclusive report. It's still ongoing. They're working on this. That dives deep into allegations surrounding a potential voting scheme in Michigan in the lead up to the 2020 general election in October 2020. So Michigan City Clerk Ann Meisch, Meisk has said she witnessed an event that would set off a cascade of investigations, even at the time. So an individual, she says, whose identity is shielded partially in the police report, was seen dropping off a large bundle of completed voter registration applications at the city clerk's office. The sheer volume estimated to be between 8,000 to 10,000 was enough. This is on the one occasion. We're not talking about over and over. This is this person came in with 8,000 to 10,000 voter registration applications at one time. Can you imagine seeing this, Captain? 10,000 voter... Oh, hi! 
Here, here's my 16 briefcases of voter. Where did these come from? So this woman who was working there, working, you know, for the elections, she recognized that something was wrong. So she brought in the police department. And as this clerk, city clerk, began sifting through these applications, guess what they found? Well, a significant portion of the hand-delivered voter registrations bore striking similarities in handwriting, hinting at the possibility of a single individual or a coordinated group behind their completion. Ding, ding, ding. But the anomalies didn't stop there. Further scrutiny revealed that several addresses listed on the forms were either invalid or simply did not exist. Moreover, discrepancies in signatures, which did not align with those on official records, added another layer of suspicion. The plot thickened with the introduction of GBI strategies. The Tennessee, we're talking about Michigan here, but this group is a Tennessee-based organization, and it's at the center of this drama. Known for its affiliations with the Biden campaign and various Democrat campaign committees, the role and extent of GBI strategies involvement remain shrouded in mystery. In an unexpected turn of events, the police, during their investigation, stumbled upon more than just dubious voter registrations. They reportedly discovered Pelican cases that housed semi-automatic rifles, all equipped with suppressors and optics, as well as a collection of customized pistols. To add to the intrigue, the FBI took over the case from the Michigan police. Yet subsequent actions or findings from the federal agency never happened. And the body of the alleged operation seems to stretch beyond Michigan. Reports suggest that the organization implicated in this scheme set up temporary offices in several pivotal states. Where do you think those states were, Captain? The swing states. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, you have the FBI come in and take over and then they just kill it? Now, because that happened in Michigan, and remember, Joe Biden won Michigan by 154,000 votes. But queue up cut uh, three, Captain. So there were a lot of what I'm telling you is there were thousands of people who came forward like this woman I'm going to play for you now. Thousands of testimony like this, but it never saw the light of day and courts would not hear it. This woman worked in Michigan, the same state that I just read to you about this crazy operation happening. I want you to listen to what she says she observed in Detroit, right? And this is what the Democrats did. They did it in the big Democrat run cities. So in Detroit, I think she might mention the TPS uh, play. That's a, like that's a uh, that's where they counted votes and so on and so forth in Detroit, Michigan. Let's go ahead and play cut three, Captain. Go. When I started uh, writing down the ballot numbers and the last names of the person of the ballot uh, the, that had the name on the ballot, they were all in sequence. 
these are absentee ballots, mail-in mail -in ballots. They cannot be in sequence. 2232 cannot have 2233 next to it because if they're mailed in, they come in all different numbers. And when, when I started noticing that these numbers are almost next to each other, like one or the other was in the middle, but then they were almost next to each other, my, my antennas went up. That's exactly when I thought something is not right here. Then I asked the supervisor, there was not even a date on those uh, envelopes. It said November 0-2020. There was no second number there. Then I said, what is the date on this one? Then they got really mad at me. They said, you're not letting us do our job. You're disturbing us. And at that point, because we really don't want to be kicked out, you know, so we were just kind of not challenging anything because we want to still stay in the room because we barely had anybody. Um, not only that, the sequence ballot numbers were all from the same area, like the Goddard Street in the downtown Detroit. Goddard Street, sequential ballots, signatures were all alike. They had no date stamp. It said, like, it was empty after zero. There was no third or second or first or nothing. And uh, they were, none of them were coming up in the system. They were all being entered manually. They even knew that none of these details would even be in the poll book or in the system. They stole the 2020 election right in front of our eyes. And what they're doing now is they're setting up this, I mean, they're gaslighting, but they're very cleverly, this is the new normal. So the Democrats cheat every time. And they've been cheating for a long time, by the way. This isn't the first time, but we're just realizing it. Now, 2020 was on a scale that's never happened because they used the pandemic, the guise of the pandemic, to create mail-in ballots, which are untraceable. I mean, this is why mail-in ballots are literally banned in every country that exists that actually takes themselves seriously. France doesn't even have mail-in ballots. Italy got rid of them because they used to cheat in Sardinia with them. So this happened, but now they just call us sore losers. So the point is, the norm is Democrats cheat. And they just say, we don't take it seriously, or they project and say, we're trying to suppress the vote. So cheating is the norm in America. That's my point. And if you want to change it, you're threatening the status quo. So we're supposed to accept cheating as not cheating. That's what is happening right now in America. It's very dangerous. It's very scary. And you just heard her. I mean, I, I, I had not heard her particular testimony before, Captain, but I thought that was powerful. But my point is, not a single court in America, when Democrats lie and say, you know, nobody found evidence of fraud, that's not true. There was plenty of evidence of fraud, but the courts wouldn't touch it because they were scared of what the Democrats would say about them, about the doxing of the judge's house, about the revelations of the people that were in the jury. That's why they didn't do it. They scared the crap out of them. They'd rather just give it to Biden and have peace than have the actual demolition of America, literally with fires being set everywhere. I mean, what do you think? I mean, just think about this. If the situation were reversed and Republicans and Trump had won, right? Let's say Trump won in 2020 and there were thousands of affidavits about Donald Trump stealing the election. Let's imagine that the, the Democrats got a hold of a story about how some Republican operative who was being paid $1,200 a week by Republicans was showing up with 10,000 
voter registration applicants in Michigan. Okay? If it were reversed, our country would pretty much be burned and razed to the ground right now. But we are actually peaceful and we don't want that. And that's why it didn't go that way. But they're really pushing us as far as they can. And I'm sorry, what they're doing right now historically, it's the third major battle in America. The American Revolution, we had the cojones to stand up and declare independence from Great Britain. We went to war and people died over it. The Civil War, Republicans stood up to the Confederacy and the Democrat Party and we fought a war to keep the nation united. But never before in our history has a political party in this country actually tried to imprison their political opponents. But that's happening now in our time. We're living through history. The question is, as Lincoln said brilliantly 20 years before the Civil War, when he warned of the Civil War, he said, you know, George Washington. And remember, I mean, Abraham Lincoln was not a founding father. He's one of our greatest presidents, but he came along many years after, right? Like 100 years later. A little less, but you get the point. So he was looking to George Washington. He was looking to the founding fathers for inspiration and what to do. And he told a group of people in a speech, he said, you know, these pillars of liberty that built this, well, he said he called America a temple of liberty, and he called the founding fathers the pillars that held it up. And he talked about how the the temple of liberty was crumbling because those great Americans were deceased. And he said, we have to be the new pillars of liberty. Or we have to be the pillars that hold this temple up. We have to be the ones to do it. Someone has to take their place, and every generation has to do that. And our generation has to step up now and do something about this. And that's why I say, I mean, right now, obviously the best thing to do, because we want peace, is to do everything in your power to right this injustice by putting Trump in the White House. I mean, that, that's, that's, that would change the game. If that doesn't happen, I'll speculate another episode about what's going to happen in the country. But it's not going to be good. And it's part of the reason I'm going to the gym to get as ripped as possible right now and uh, everything else. So I'll be ready. I won't be easily taken down. Cue up cut uh, four, Captain. Now I want to bring this all around here full circle. And we are full circle in the country right now, by the way. So we went from fighting an American revolution to prevent this type of thing from happening. To throw off tyranny. And now... This is why what's happening right now isn't really like the Civil War. This is more like our second American Revolution. That's what it is. Because we have the very tyranny that we fought a war to depose. Well, now it's here again. And Lincoln pointed that out too. He said, you think the Constitution, you think these documents are going to prevent the likes of Napoleon or Caesar or these great dictators with ambitions who want to be something, who want power? You think they're going to be stopped by the Constitution? No, no. Sooner or later, they rise up. And that's what we have right now. The Democrat Party embodies that. Mitch McConnell's one, too. Mitt Romney. You got people that are going along with this in both parties. But ideologically, I mean, the Democrat Party, there's not a single person in that party that is good and decent anymore. So the Democrats cheated. They knew they cheated. They, they knew they cheated. Trump knew they cheated. We called them out for cheating. And the courts wouldn't do anything and wouldn't intervene. And so we had one opportunity, one last chance to at least have debate and get the fraud in the open, at least talk about it, 
And that was January 6th, the day they were certifying the election results. That was the day that legally, constitutionally, Mike Pence could have said no. He could have intervened. We could have tested the constitutional system. Republicans in the House and Senate were prepared to both sign objections. And so at a minimum, there would have been debate over the issue. And those, and the point is, if the quote unquote insurrection hadn't taken place on January 6th, Joe Biden might not be the president right now. That's what was really going on. There was a possibility. There was a possibility that the election could have been sent back to those states and redone. And I would tell you this too. These same sick Democrats who are telling us that it's unconstitutional to contest election results here, only if you're a Republican or Donald Trump. Well, in Ukraine, they had an orange revolution when George W. Bush was president. And the Ukrainian citizens took to Kiev and protested the election results. They claimed that there was enough evidence of fraud, that it was stolen. And the U.S. government supported them and called for a redo election. The Supreme Court in Ukraine, unlike our gutless Supreme Court here in so many cases, they said that there was enough evidence or accusation of fraud that they needed to do the election over. And it resulted in a new outcome. They overturned the election results with their second election. And George W. Bush celebrated the overturning and the protest of that election as a victory for democracy. So J6 was a false flag operation. J6 was run, encouraged, organized, fomented by Democrats and perhaps others because they wanted to coerce the Republicans to certify and rubber stamp the election for Joe Biden. They didn't want to talk about the fraud. They wanted to end it then and there. And that's why J6 happened. J6 wasn't an effort by Republicans to overturn the election results. J6, J6 was the actions of the Democrat party who actually sought to defraud the United States by preventing the lawful legal process of debating the results. That's what happened in 2020. Now, queue up cut four, Captain, or you got it. This is just the latest. This is you're going to hear Capitol Police officers talking amongst themselves, asking their boss or whatever, somebody around them, how they can recognize the undercover agents in the crowd. Play it, Captain, cut four. Dark hair, black vest, thin blue line uh, thing on, uh, dark hair, and he's got like a look a look a little 27 or something on his hip. No police identification on him at all. I couldn't get to him because there were so many people. But just keep on. White male? White male, dark hair. He looked like a grayish black, maybe. Maybe a do, uh, do digital. Do your non-uniform guys have any identifiers? 
like this they will have a wristband their guns will have a candy stripe on the barrel okay i don't know the wristband color but they'll have a wristband somewhere okay And we also just found out that the January 6th committee, they destroyed evidence as it related to January 6th. So this was a setup and they're covering their tracks. And uh, the Democrats are done. If people actually would uh, acknowledge, I mean, if this came out, I mean, we know what happened. I'm telling you what happened. The pieces are all there. But unfortunately, people just need the certification of somebody special to to make, right? I mean, th th this is why I bring up the murder analogy again. People just have to use their own brains now. They have to use cold, calculated reason. Because no one's going to tell you the truth. You're going to have to arrive there without someone else making up your mind for you. So my, my, for example, if you witness a murder in the street, and that person's not prosecuted, and isn't tried, and doesn't go to jail or prison for being a murderer, and somebody comes to you and says, he's not a murderer. Is he a murderer or is he not? Technically, in the eyes of the law, he's not a murderer, I guess, right? Because he was never convicted. But he is a murderer because you saw it with your own eyes and he killed another human being. This is what's happening right now in terms of the gaslighting and everything else. Was there fraud in the election? Yes, there was fraud. We saw it with our own eyes. We hear the testimony everywhere. We understand in our guts, in our minds, intellectually, we know it was stolen. But the fact checkers say there's no evidence. And so they're challenging you. So be strong. Time to gain some confidence. Time to gain some cojones and so on and so forth. Um, you know, a couple things to close out. I didn't have time to get to it. Uh, Biden told one of the mothers of a Marine who was killed in the Afghanistan, the mother of a Marine killed in Afghanistan, right? During the botched withdrawal, the suicide bombing. Well, um, she, Joe Biden came up to her and said, my wife, Jill, and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag draped coffin. Joe Biden's done side of son Bo died of cancer in America. He did not buy, die in Iraq. And yet Joe Biden keeps telling this lie. And I am so sick of this crap, especially because the Democrats tried to destroy Donald Trump, one of the many narratives out there, by trying to claim that he wasn't supportive of the military. The losers and suckers hoax that came up in 2020 was based on something that never happened in 2018. It was totally fictional. Donald Trump was in France in 2018, I think it was. And he was speaking at some of the cemeteries. And he didn't make one of the trips, one of the cemetery visits, because of the weather was bad. The helicopter couldn't get there, whatever. And he had communication between his own staff, confirming that the military itself, who was responsible for organizing this for him, they said, <coughs> weather's bad. It's a no-go today. And then the next day, Donald Trump actually went and gave a speech in the rain. But this loser at the Atlantic in 2020, during the election year, during the election, claimed that 
He had anonymous sources that said that Donald Trump didn't show up at the cemetery because he didn't want to get his hair wet. And then he said, these are losers and suckers because they're dead. Now, everyone said that wasn't true. Everyone who was there said that wasn't true. But the Atlantic and this stupid guy named Goldsmith or Goldman or Gold piece of crap, whatever, wrote this article. And Democrats will still tell you what? That Donald Trump called them losers and suckers. But it never happened. But you actually have Joe Biden here who repeatedly lies to people and tells them that his son died in Iraq to comfort them. This is why I tell you, you have nothing to be ashamed about in supporting Trump. The shame belongs to anyone, anyone who supports this pathological liar and sociopath, Joe Biden. That's it. All right. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. Been a heck of an episode. I'm losing my voice. God bless you all. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Allen. Conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.